0: This is WEHC Emory and WISE FM-WISE. The time is one o'clock. It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, and that means it's time for another edition of Farm Talk, the program that educates and answers your questions about dealing with the natural world. And here now is your host of Farm Talk.
1: Uh, we are going to take a look at the dairy industry in our area today. The dairy industry has traditionally been a big part of the farm economy in Southwest Virginia and still plays a vital role today. I'm pleased to have with us today a guest, uh, Mr. Andy Overbay from over here in Friendship and also the extension agent in Smith County. And Andy's family was in the dairy industry for several years here in Washington County and he's worked in the dairy industry for a long time, being a dairy farmer and in other aspects of it. And so... We're excited to have him with us today. We're going to be asking him some questions to give us some insights on uh, how dairy farms have changed over the years and some things that are facing the industry today. Andy, I know when I came to Washington County as the extension agent, uh, there were about 80 dairies in Washington County, including those that were what would be considered grade C or grade B dairies as well as grade A dairies. And we're down to three dairy farms in Washington County today. I hope that's not a reflection on me, but there's (laughs) been a lot of changes over the years in the dairy industry. And so, if you would, Andy, could you tell us a little bit about your history in the dairy industry?
2: Oh, uh, and thanks, Phil. I appreciate the invitation to be with you and, and talk about something that, that has always uh, been close to my heart. I, we've been involved in the dairy business, really, for for 55 of my 60 years. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people think that, that our family has always dairy farmed, but that wasn't true. Uh, my dad was a, a, factory trained, uh, tractor mechanic. Mom was a bookkeeper, uh, for the Vance company years ago, which, uh, uh now, uh, Barry, uh, Builders, uh, occupies that, uh, uh, spot in Chihuahua. But, uh, you know, I, have I've lived through the golden age of dairying when, when, uh, it was, it was hard not to make a profit in the dairy business up until, uh, uh it's really become a struggle. Uh, financially on a lot a lot of farms and I think that's why you've seen the numbers we've had the same issue in Smith County uh, in 1978 we had 168 farms uh, that were milking cows and, and now we're down to uh, one that's year-round and a few seasonal dairies but uh, as far as my career I, you know I've um, I was dad's mortar man when I was five land block for the milk cows. you know as I recall, I was good help but uh, but I was I was probably more in the way than I was anything else. But I always admired his patience. But I really think that's uh, as much a legacy as anything. Is there's a reason why the word family comes first in family farms? Is it was family first, and uh, and and it and it, and it and it continues to be. It's one of the reasons why uh, we left the dairy industry. Uh, but you know, uh, 4-H and Virginia Tech uh, had a huge bearing on on. Uh, Molding my dairy career, and I'm thankful for uh, both those institutions that uh, helped me uh, grow as a person, uh, uh, grow as a producer. Uh, met my wife there, and uh, there's it's it's shaped my life.
1: Now, Andy, if I'm not you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your wife was also from a dairy farm. She
2: was, she she uh, milked in a uh, um, a flat six barn every morning before she went to high school. That's for anybody that's familiar with, uh, bending over and, and getting on your knees to milk cows. That's, that's hardcore. And, uh, uh she, she's continues to be, you know, people are, are say, well, she's a worker. It's like, you have no idea. Uh, she, she, uh, I, she's my hero to be honest.
1: Well, let me ask you this question. I know, Andy, I grew up, my dad, when I was a small boy, milked cows by hand and sold milking cans to Pet Milk Company here in Abingdon. Uh, but a lot of people don't understand the life of a dairy farmer. And I'd like for you, if you would, to make some comments on what the life of a dairy farmer is like and the positive benefits for a family from growing up on a dairy farm or running a dairy farm.
2: I, I got to tell this story. I had a friend one time that got a call. From a Gallup pollster, who was collecting data on uh, how much people got paid and how how long they worked, and he started going through his day, and they hung up on him. He said, There's <laughs> no way somebody works for that little for that long, and he said it kind of tickled him and made him mad at the same time. But uh, gosh, you know, uh, uh, labor being what it was, and that that's shaped the dairy industry some too. I know. Uh, uh, I was putting in about 106 hours a week. My wife was putting in 92, uh, just doing the milking, and and, uh, it uh, it, it's 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 not it's more than a career. It's a commitment uh, to dairy farm when you dairy farm because you just you it doesn't matter. You can go anywhere you want to as long as you're back in 45 minutes. I mean it's um, uh, it, it it affects things like. Going to funerals or weddings or work Because you can't leave them alone. Having dairy cattle is like having a hundred infants, uh, because they can't care for themselves. You you've got to be there and 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 uh, clean up after them, get them fed, uh, uh, collect the milk off of them. It's just, you, you 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 can't leave them alone.
1: And the, the dairy farm is a is a very uh, complex operation. If you've never been on one, or if you've never worked on one, just driving on one, you get some small sense of how that is, but uh, what's the challenge, Andy, if you're a dairy farmer and, you know, most people think about taking a vacation, but what's the challenge, Andy, if you own a dairy farm and you're going to leave those cows, which are your source of income with someone to look after them while you're gone?
2: Well, and it is um, you never stop working. To be honest, you know, I said I worked 106 hours. Really, it was 168. We were on call 24-7 when something happened and uh, there've been there've been times when we missed family vacations uh taking our little girl to see her grandmother in West Virginia just because somebody didn't show up for work and uh you had to do it um but some of the the challenge is is as much mental uh and fit as it is physical and emotional as well um because there's 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 not a lot of fanfare you don't get too many paddles on the back and not that that, we, that you need those but uh, you know you, you you work like the Dickens to feed people and uh, uh, you, you'd like at least be appreciated for what we did
1: yeah on the on the positive side of that, being on a dairy farm how did that affect your family i know you raised a daughter on a dairy farm and there's a lot of positive things about growing up on a dairy uh, farm it is.
2: you know I, I don't want to see that negative because i, I tell you there's a, a a lot of things um to be honest i i i feel like i'm a better extension agent because i dairy farm because i appreciate uh the farmer's perspective i've been there i've done that um but, you know, uh, I, w- I wouldn't have had it any other way. I mean, I, my daughter, um, uh, I, I attribute a lot of her work ethic, uh, her uh, uh, athletic ability to being on the farm. It, it just, uh, you, you farming teaches you to be self-reliant, uh, to be a problem solver. It uh, teaches you about how to deal with adversity in, in ways that, uh a lot of kids miss out on, and you kind of feel sorry for them because uh, w- once that once that uh, big uh, uh, burden uh, or uh, blockade comes up in front of you, uh, you've got to go in it, through it, or around it, and 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 we know how to do that.
1: That's something we've talked about before, Andy, and I think that growing up on a farm, and, and I'll let you make some comments about this, it teaches children a lot of things. It teaches them about life, the beginning of life. It teaches them about death. Uh, because mm. animals die, it teaches them about difficulties and overcoming difficulties and adversity. Uh, would you make some comments about that, Andy?
2: It does. And, you know, it, it, it and also teaches you a lot about time management. Uh, if you've got things to do, uh, sometimes you have to work backwards. I had a, a friend tell me one time, says, yeah, when do you all start milking? I said, well, we, we get up at 245. And, and we're at the barn at three. He said that's not early in the morning. That's middle of the night. <laughs> and uh, I got to think about it. I said, well, you know, I guess that's right. But you know why we did that is Sunday school. Yeah. Because Sunday was our hardest day. Cause it was the one day that we had we had to get done so we could make Sunday school and church. So if you need to be back at the house and get eaten cleaned up to go to Sunday school at nine thirty. And you had to be back to house at nine. Well, if you have got six hours of work to do, well, hello, count backwards. It's math. You yes, start at three o'clock, and uh, uh, dairy cattle, uh, you do not mess with them on times. I mean, you you have to start the, if whatever time you start on Sunday morning, you have to start Monday through fr- uh, Saturday as well. So that's that's just what we did. But again, you know, uh, I I miss the work. I, I I do. It was it was reward. I miss the baby calves. I really miss the baby calves. Uh, that was just—it uh, was like finding a little nugget of gold, you know. 'Cause oh, you wonder what you're gonna be like when you grow up, and and we got—and that was a neat thing too about being on a dairy farm. Was we got to see them grow up and and get old, and uh, that that was uh, uh, something uh, uh, that that I enjoyed a lot. And I miss growing corn. Uh, there's nothing prettier to me than a black green field of corn that's growing like crazy. Yeah, I, I miss that.
1: Yeah, relative to something you just said there about seeing the animals grow up, you know, dairy farmers and farmers in general sometimes are painted by people as users of animals rather than caretakers. And could you talk a little bit about the relationship of you, your wife, uh, to the cows, and about animal welfare, because I think there's a great misunderstanding in society today about that.
2: Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, one of the things that uh, it kind of shows how um, unaware people are of how animals function um, is the fact that we're getting we we're getting really since since I was a boy to now. We're getting almost three times the amount of milk per cow in Virginia. I mean, it's. It, I think our average production right now is around ten gallons of milk a day. I and mean, that it's just. Uh, it just amazes me. But one of the reasons why that that uh, these animals can do that is be, is is because of what we've learned. We uh, in, as far as making them more comfortable, uh, and and taking better care of them. Uh, taking the load, taking the stress off of even though that's a load of work. Um, what I try to explain to people is, you know what every cow in the world has in common? Beef cow, dairy cow, doesn't matter. Every cow in the world is a mom. They have to have a calf in order to start lactating. And what's true with humans is true with cattle, true dogs, everything. If mom's not happy, <laughs> nobody's happy. Well, you know, when we say cows give milk, that is exactly the right word. I know there's something going around Facebook Oh, cows don't give milk. You have to be there to, to take it. You don't take milk from a cow. She gives it to you because you can't force milk out of a cow. And and it's, same, it's the same reaction with, with people. Once you get a cow upset and her adrenal glands fire, she's not going to give any milk. She may kick you, she may run over you, uh, she's going to be wound up, and she's going to stay wound up for at least a half day, and sometimes as many as two or three days. So you know, the fact that these cows can produce more is the fact that we've learned more and more about don't mess with mom, keep her happy, keep her comfortable, and keep her going.
1: Yeah, I know when I was I worked for a dairy co-op one time as a field man, and we would do... <clears throat> exhibitions at the mall in knoxville and you'd have people come by and we'd have a cow there and they're always uh, interested in the uh, confirmation of a dairy cow Mm -hmm. compared to a beef cow beef cows tend to be more fleshy and dairy cows are more angular and less fleshy, and people say, "Well, you know, she looks skinny to me," which is not the problem. It's just well, the way the but, cow's but, designed. It, it,
2: yeah, exactly. And and really, the only way you can tell that that a dairy cow has flesh on her is to to grab her skin and and pull it away from her body. I, I had the exact same experience at a dairy day at the mall in Roanoke. Uh, a lady came up, and she was just incensed that this emaciated cow had made her way into the mall, and she had a lot of frame to her. Uh, but this was uh, one of Dr. Eckers. that the Eckert. cow or the woman? The well, <laughs> but uh, as I recall. But she, but she was, she was thinking about the dairy cows that she grew up with, and she was probably in her late 60s, early 70s. And I kind of understand that because in her, when she was little, and to some extent when I was little, uh, we had a lot of dual-purpose cows. You know, they they could be dairy cows one day and beef cows the next. Uh, they they rarely made the reverse trip. You know, it's hard to go from the freezer to the to the milk house. But uh, but we had a lot of dual-purpose cattle. And and what I try to explain to people is, you know, uh, a ballerina and a football player can both be tremendous athletes, but they don't look anything alike because their function's different and one again one of the reasons why that we're able to get more milk out of these cows is because over the last 70 years really we have changed the conformation of these cows we, we've 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 given more springer rib because their their rumen is bigger they can they can hold more feed they can drink more water and uh, they're they're just a, they're just more finely tuned towards making milk and that's that's just the way it is Let's take a
1: break right Station break right now We'll be back in just a few minutes
0: Tumbling Creek Cider Company Heritage inspired Full bodied cider varieties Made with Southwest Virginia apples That are pressed in house And fermented on site Award winning ciders In the new tap room Located in Abingdon Commons Next to the Abingdon Farmers Market In Abingdon Visitor Center Tumbling Creek Cider Company Appalachian to the core You are tuned to WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise. It is Wednesday and we are in the middle of a live weekly show farm talk with Virginia Extension agent Phil Blevins. And today he is in here with uh, a guest, Andy Overbay, and they are talking about dairy farming. I'm going to turn it back over to them.
1: All right. Thank you for being with us today. And by the way, if you have questions, you can call the station here or you can email me at pblevins.vt I mean, excuse me, pblevins at vt.edu. So we're talking to Andy Overbay today about the dairy industry. Andy uh, grew up on a dairy farm. He and his wife uh, managed the farm, ran the farm for several years, and now he's an extension agent colleague in Smith County. Andy, let's talk a little bit now about the challenges that dairy farmers face today. What do you see are the main challenges that the dairy farmers in our area face?
2: To be honest, uh, same same uh, challenge that a lot of folks face we're getting old um, uh, you know there's not a lot of uh, y- younger people interested in coming back to the farm I know I, I, we're lucky in Smith County that our one remaining dairy has uh, uh, a next generation coming on that are going to be very good and, uh, uh, and and managed to... actually mom and dad leave a farm and they, they take over the kids take over and I, the, old, the oldest boy he's a junior in high school it just amazes me where those kids can work but you know that a, a big challenge is uh, uh, um, of course, input costs are with, with diesel and with, I'll give you an example. When I was in fourth grade, we bought a brand new tractor and we gave $10,000 cash for it. In 1996, it collapsed and uh, we looked at replacing it and uh, a new tractor was 142.5. And uh, now that try, I look it up every once in a while just say, man, I can not believe, there's no way. Uh, that that tractor now is three hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars, from ten thousand. So that's got to be a challenge. But you know, another one is just estate planning and 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 how we're going to pass this these uh, uh assets to the next generation
1: yeah and, and labor of course labor's a big deal because it's a seven day a week job the cows don't take off a day so it's seven <laughs> days a week twice a day or three times a day depending on how it's managed so
2: and, and, yeah you, and you know you, that's a great point because you know a lot of people say, well you know I'd really like to work on a farm I enjoy being outside and everything but you know milking the cows is a lot more like factory work really because mm-hmm. you got it's repetitive you have to do it the same way because because if you don't, the cows know. You can change a radio station, and it blows their mind. I mean, they—they they, you you have to do everything to maintain uh, whatever they think is normal.
1: And that's a, really, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's, it is a repetitive job. I've done it myself. But it takes a level of skill and concern and care to really produce what we're after. And that's the final product, and that's milk. And this is changing uh, the gear, just changing our direction just a little bit, Andy, but I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the health benefits of milk. We've got almond milk and oat milk and everything else on the market today. Could you talk a little bit about the, the milk uh, that we get from cows? Well, it, you know,
2: the, 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 it, it's interesting to me that that, that it's actually legal to call some of these things milk because when I was in school, milk had a legal definition it was the whole fresh uh, lacteal secretion obtained from healthy cows uh, and 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 on so forth as far as its its content but uh, the 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 interesting thing about milk uh, and and you know we, we've started uh, the only thing that I know that we I, I'm, I'm positive this that we add to milk is vitamin D and it's interesting to me that that uh, if you look if you're worried about calcium intake and osteoporosis all those things the three things that you need to get calcium across the gut wall of a human being is of course the calcium itself a little bit of cholesterol and vitamin d it makes us makes a compound called calciferol, and that's what crosses the gut wall to get it into your milk it's interesting to me they said well you know well tums has calcium and and all these other products has calcium if you look at the the ingredients—it's gravel. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like. Well, you know, I'd rather eat a cone of ice cream than than, than uh, chew on some some. Uh some uh, rocks, so. But, but again, you, the 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 protein that's in milk, uh, even the fat that's in milk, it, it's it's a neutral base. Uh, interestingly, uh, uh, Joe Herbine, who's probably one of the smartest people that I ever knew uh, at Tech, uh, was a uh, professor of nutrition, and he did a lot of work in uh, conjugated linoleic acid and uh, how it uh, uh, helps uh, control cholesterol and, and 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 body content and everything and uh, you know it's interesting if if i always think about if other products that had his research they would have blown up the airways about it might do this and it might do that and that's one of the reasons why and we tried our best to get dr Joe to say you got you've got to push this and he he never did because it was he never It never was the sure thing. In research, there never is a sure thing. You've you've got to keep pushing for whatever that that truth is. And, uh, uh, you you know, it's interesting to me that milk gets blamed for a lot of things, and yet we drink less of it. Uh, I I, I did a a lyceum here at the the college one time, and they were talking about uh, how uh, milk had caused this and caused that. I said, well, it's interesting to me uh, that you bring up all these health problems, and yet... Uh, you say these problems have grown, and yet uh, per capita consumption of milk has gone down since nineteen seventy. Has gone down thirty-two percent. Now, how do you get drink less of something and it causes more damage? That makes no. That's inversely proportional, and it's and it's scientifically uh, unsound.
1: Yeah, uh, re- relative to milk and ice cream and cheese and the dairy products that we that we get from cows. You know, from the farm level all the way to the consumer, how are we ensured that we have a safe product? Well, I'll
2: tell you, it's... um, I mean, there's some farm-level things that take place that guarantee that. You know, it's... I don't want this to sound bad for restaurants, but the number of things that's checked on a grade A dairy farm outnumbers what's checked at the restaurants you're going to eat at this afternoon. Uh, it we are inspected at every level, uh, and and the animals are inspected. Uh, every every load of no load of milk leaves the farm without being sampled. Uh, the, there is a temperature recorder. Uh, on the wall that that records that milk uh, once the t- – it records how, how if the tank got hot enough when it washed because the tank has to get to 130 degrees for it to 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 uh, melt milk, milk fat that's what it melts at that's its melting point so so that's all recorded but once that milk goes in there uh, within you've got a few minutes before that that milk cannot be more than 45 degrees the rest of the time it's in that storage or it will not leave the farm it, it's dumped on site and then most tanks will run 38 to 41 degrees but to be honest you, uh, you one of the things that I, I really think needs to be said is you know there's a lot of folks now that'll try to sell milk you know in, in, a, in a mason jar and uh, uh glass is a great insulator it keeps things cold but if you're taking milk off the cow, uh, it leaves at her body temperature, which is 100, one 101.5. So milk's around 100 degrees. You put it in a glass jar and stick it in the refrigerator. The refrigerator does not have enough cooling power to push that cold through that glass and cool that milk down. If that milk was on my farm, it would never. It would have to be poured down the drain. It mm-hmm. would. It would not get cold enough fast enough. And homestead creamery found that out because when, when, they wanted glass jars and everything, but one of the things they said, you know, we messed up and did the right thing we bought a slaughterhouse because we found out that we couldn't cool the milk off. Even though it had left the farm on a plate cooler, once they pasteurized it, they couldn't get it cold enough in, in the refrigerator. They had to put the milk in the freezer because the freezer had enough cold power to push through that glass and cool that milk down.
1: Yeah. there's uh, <clears throat> We have a wonderful ag system in this country that guarantees that our food will be safe. Now, obviously, in any human system, there's things that go astray every once in a while. But as the, by far the, the majority, uh, we have a very safe food system. I think this, will wind, this question here, Andy, I think this is really important. And I think it's important for all of agriculture. How would you describe sustainability? We hear a lot about that today, about sustainable agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. And there's various definitions, but on the farm, sustainability is a uh, maybe has a different connotation than it does to the person that has never been on a
2: farm. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, I appreciate that question because it's something that has bothered me. You know, words have such power. Words are very powerful things. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, sustainability to me, uh, true sustainability has nothing to do. With production practices, uh, because you can farm with a garden hoe or uh, a multi-horsepower four-wheel drive tractor, three hundred thousand dollars tractor. Exactly yourself. right. Exactly <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Or more. Or more. But come uh, here. Uh, that's one of the smaller ones. But uh, um, the the two Ps that that outline true sustainability are not production practices. It's people and profits. If you're if you can't. Attract a new generation of farmer, and and show them that they can stay there and feed their family and educate their children and 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 have a good life. Then they can't sustain themselves there. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you've got to you've got to go to the grocery store and pay your bills. And uh, that's uh, uh, one thing. To be honest, uh, that, as much as anything, that's what mom and dad instilled. In me, besides uh, the uh, the love of, of people and, and, and the church, is uh, is pay your bills. You know, you if you can't keep up, you're never going to catch up. So uh, it, it's uh, that that's where true sustainability lies. Because you know what, uh, if you can if you can pay cash for something, you're not going to go broke.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think about that relative to the general idea of sustainability today revolves around natural resources and dairy farmers are doing a great job in protecting natural resources, land, water, etc. It's not to their benefit to abuse anything, whether it's the cow or the land or the water, because all those things are necessary for them to be able to make a living and to survive. And we still have a sizable dairy industry in our area. Farms have had to get bigger to survive and to remain in business, but we're grateful for what they do for what they've done over the years to make our community what it is. They've contributed greatly to the economy. And so we've enjoyed being with you today, Andy. Thank you for being with us today on Farm Talk. Uh, maybe we'll have you back sometime. We'll talk about a different subject, but we do appreciate your insights on this and look forward to being back with you next week at 1 o'clock we'll on Farm Talk. Tune into another
0: edition of Farm Talk next Wednesday at 1 p.m. on Your Voice of Southwest Virginia. You may email PhilQuestions at pblevins at vt.edu or call the radio station at 276 This is WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise.